1: Draft miss to you. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Draft Show. We're going to do a little mock draft uh, today. We're going to answer some questions. We put a filler out for a mailbag. We didn't do an, a mailbag early in the week, so we thought we'd you know, try to try to answer a few draft-related questions uh, now that the dust has cleared a little bit on free agency. Uh, here to help me do all that, first, find him on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. My dear pal, Jake Stack. Jake, what does it feel like to have one of your team's actually sign someone in
2: a free agency. I can't relate. Oh, it's been pretty cool. The last couple of years the Packers have been big players in free agency and it's been weird. But I was texting you guys that I remember the days of the Packers having an elite roster with not a lot of cap space and fans being upset that they weren't signing anybody or, or you know going after guys or not being involved in conversations and you know the thing is that kind of comes with the territory of having like an elite roster with an elite quarterback is You got to be a little bit more selective and there's not money to go around. That's because you have a lot of good players already on the squad. So uh, interesting to me. But, yeah, it's been fun to be involved. It's not as much fun to, you know, not win the Super Bowl, though. So I will say that. Uh, But, yeah, so it's been cool. But um, speaking of signing people in free agency, we are joined today just kidding matt's always here i was gonna try to come up with a cool segue and i was like that one was of those really like yeah, it was like one of those michael scott moments where you're like i'm gonna start <laughs> saying something and hopefully something happens nothing came um but uh matt lane what's up man you're uh you're below me in the chat so i'm gonna i'm gonna intro you here what's what's going on buddy i'm doing good this is this is kind of like you guys are just picking up my next year you're just
3: picking up my extension i was you know restricted free agent you hit me with the tinder now i'm back i get to be here for the next ride it's a lot of fun i brought with me my good pal i could not play on any team without my best friend craig stout find him on twitter barley hop i'm not going to tell you where he is on the chat because that's just riveting audio content but how you doing tonight, Craig? <laughs>
0: I'm doing fantastic. We're trying out a new program tonight and it's going pretty well. This this is going to be a little fun. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff a little bit later on on Twitter, but uh, we're going to test some stuff out, maybe do some live Q&As using this in the future. So uh, be on the lookout on our Twitter accounts on some nights this year.
2: To paint a picture, we look like the Brady Bunch right now. We we're do. all on a screen. Matt is drinking water out of like an eight-gallon jug, and <laughs> it is awesome. And what I guess I should have said is, you know, two years ago, a couple of unknown podcasters named Ket and Jake started this little little podcast, and we picked up two free agents last off season, and here they are. Matt you were definitely the guy we put on the with front podium. Pen. You were the guy that we once speaking. <laughs> <my laughs> <front and center. laughs> Worth
1: every penny. (laughs) All right. So uh, we're going to. answer a bunch of questions we're gonna do a mock draft throughout the entirety of the show so we'll stop to make picks along the way um, if you like what we're doing on the podcast channel we're trying to give you three shows a week during this crazy time here uh, in this world uh, please feel free to hit the subscribe button we'll, you'll get updated on our content when it when it hits and if you really like the show leave a five star review that'd be great too also we are uh, we're still taking pre-sales for the KC draft guide uh, it is still happening happening. We are still working away at that. We're really working hard on it and we're ahead of schedule on that bad boy. If you go to gum.co slash KCDraftGuide2020 and use promo code LIV, you can get it for $8.54 to celebrate Super Bowl 54. Uh, We're going to have over 225 write-ups on prospects. About 75 prospects have quotes on what it would be like to be a Kansas City Chief. There's features. It's insane uh, the amount of detail that's going to be in this thing. We're really excited for you to see it, and it's going great. But we're gonna answer some questions from Twitter, and as we move on to, we're gonna we're gonna do this mock draft. We're gonna start with this question though. Uh, Steinley Ryan asks: Brandon Ayuk or Jalen Rieger,
2: a better fit in the KC offense? I think that's a good question. But I think uh, when you factor in everything and you factor in where they're probably gonna be selected, um, of course we don't know that, especially with this draft class. But everything we've heard is Brandon Ayuk um, is really liked by the NFL. I don't really get that, and I think a lot of you guys hear that that in the AP uh, draft guide agree with that as well, um, but I think outside of that, you know, if Ayuk is going to go in that first round range, then he's not a good fit for Kansas City um, because him and Rager are very similar prospects anyways, except Reger's better. Um, you talk about a guy that can actually run routes at all three levels. That is Jalen Rager. Um, they're both good in the return game, but when you look at guys that just fit in the, in the mold of what Kansas City likes to do... Um, Rager's Rager's a dude that I think would fit really well in Kansas City, not because he's just a small guy that can can win with speed, but when you watch his game, he's also a smaller guy that can go up and get it as well. Um, he's actually pretty good um, at the catch point. When Ayuk, I, I think, really struggles with that, he does not have um, a super great ability to win at the catch point. I think if you go look at Pro Football Focus's stats, I think he's like two of fourteen. Um, with contested catches in his career. So that's not a good number. Uh, So I just think Jalen Rager is a better football player, which then would mean he's probably a better fit for Kansas City. I think they can get him later too. Matty?
3: Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think Jalen Rager is kind of exactly what you think about when you think of a Kansas City Chiefs or an Andy Reid wide receiver. When you look at Tyree Kills, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, even McCall Hardman. I do think Jalen Rager better fits in that mold. Maybe not the tallest guy. Got a little bit of size to him, so that kind of fits the Macklin, the Harden, the Tyree role. They're not big receivers, but they're not also super skinny or anything like that. So I think Jalen Rager's almost a perfect fit for what Andy Reid likes in his wide receivers. But for the current Kansas City Chiefs, I think Brandon Ayuk might have just because he has a little bit more size. I know that Jalen Rager showed up at 5'11", just over 200 pounds. I think he does not play it that way. He plays in the mid-190s, maybe low-190s, and I think his athletic testing kind of showed that. I do think Ayuk plays that way. So if you're talking the current Chiefs, I think Ayuk has the potential to become an X wide receiver to actually replace Sammy Watkins. So he's a better complementary piece if he continues to develop, like Jake said, He's a lot more raw right now. He's got a lot more development to do. Jalen Rager's a better player. But I think in this specific Chiefs team, I could make a case for IU that he would fit in better with the rest of the guys around.
1: Chief Boyard DG asks Do the acquisitions within the division change your thoughts about what the Chiefs need to do in the draft, Maddie?
3: No, not really. I do think the division did a pretty good job in this free agency period. It's just on paper right now. So who knows what actually happens? But I think the division's done a pretty good job. Besides the Raiders, I'm not 100% sure what the Raiders are doing yet. Like I like some of the pieces they've made, but then paying Carl Nassib crazy amounts of money. And just, they did some weird stuff too. But the Chargers, the Broncos, I do think got better. But it doesn't change anything. They're chasing us. They're trying to stop Patrick Mahomes. They're trying to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. Let them chase. They got better. But, I mean, I don't think it's particularly close when you look at the rest of the division's quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, I thought it was funny. Whoever it was, I can't remember which one of the national media guys had posted the Chargers secondary, you know, with Chris Harris Jr. You know, being added and everything and saying, you know, and let's see another team try and beat this trio of guys. And basically Chiefs fans just flooded his mentions with, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's, that's all that really matters here. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got a chance to succeed. It doesn't really matter too terribly much what the rest of your division does when you've got the best player at the most important position in the NFL. So, I mean, in that regard, no, it doesn't really change anything for me.
1: Yeah, you still got to look at the offenses across them, too. I mean, you know, a lot of I think there's been a lot of defensive decisions made to try to, you know, slow down this football team. But I think they're you know, I don't see any of the three teams really doing enough to load up to help build their offenses enough to try to match them. Because you can slow down Patrick Mahomes maybe a little bit, but your offense isn't up to snuff either. So, I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm not that worried about I'm worried about what's going to happen in the AFC championship game. I ain't scared of what the Raiders are doing. Uh, Let's go ahead and make about let's make a draft pick now. Uh, the, 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 the ring, the ring has come uh, with the 32nd pick. You're really good at that. I know. Thank you. With a 32nd pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Kansas city chiefs select E or gross mottos defensive end from Penn state. Maddie, how you feel about it?
3: First, I just want to state for this mock draft, we're taking the Chiefs roster as is right now. So exactly how it looks right now, that's the team we have. Yitor Grossmanos. I think for us, it kind of fell into a best player available at the end of the first round. We didn't want to reach on a position that maybe considered a need. Yitor Grossmanos kind of fell down. I think I'm a little higher on Utor than a lot of other people are. He's still a little, I don't even want to say raw, but he's still developing. You can clearly see as the, this last year, senior year kind of went on. He was developing moves. He was learning moves during the year. He then came out and used him the next week. And then he would learn another move and execute it. He was very systematic, but he was improving every single week. I saw his pass rush plan grow a ton from the first game I watched from the beginning of the year to when I got to their last game of the season. So I really like the development I seen. And I think he's pretty darn, athletic. Like I think he's super explosive, has some good ankle bend to make the corner. He has the size and length that Steve Spagnola really likes out of his defensive ends to kick inside. I think he's got a super high ceiling. I know his name's come up in some negative lights in terms of some hazing things that have been pushed away. Now I don't think they've been hidden. I think they kind of went away as Maybe it wasn't that big of a deal, but outside that, his character seems really good. Penn State's fans, the people around the school like him. So I like everything about him as a fit for the Chiefs. And at 32, if he's still available, I think he's a guy you have to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the NFL is kind of pushing him a little bit too. So I think they've probably done some good background checks on him because even the NFL website's kind of profiling him. So I don't know if there's really anything stemming from some of the stuff that you saw with him. Uh, but I, Matt, Maddie's right on all that. I really like the potential for his inside-outside versatility, length, size, the athletic profile, I wish we would have got a little bit more insights on with the combine, but I don't believe he did much of anything there. So that was a little bit disappointing. But I think Etor Gross would be fantastic value at thirty two and obviously it's not addressing some of the more immediate needs but um, that's just that's just the reality of the situation
0: yeah
3: and I just wanted to say because with Emmanuel Agba signing for another team Terrell Suggs not coming back the Chiefs defensive end rotation is thinning out a little bit I think there's a chance that you start to look for Alex Okafor's replacement especially if he continues not to stay healthy or he just doesn't improve his performance on last year if you're looking for somebody to play on the end opposite of Frank Clark even whether you keep Tano past or not. I think Utah Gross Models gives you help this year, but he's the guy that you're really looking for in the future too.
1: I think he has a very realistic chance of being an upgrade by the end of the year too, to all of those guys, no doubt. Douglas Dowell JD asks, thoughts on Willie Gay Jr. and Davion Taylor?
0: I... Was not a huge, huge fan of Willie Gay Jr. He's fun to watch. He's a very linear player. Uh, Coverage-wise, he's not great. But my goodness, Willie Gay Jr. is going to take your head off as a linebacker on every single tackle. He's just one of those, you know, kind of... Eat glass kind of dudes that's just going to be very physical, very aggressive all the time. And then he came out and tested the combine like just this ridiculous athlete. And so obviously Mississippi State wasn't able to get the most out of him as a player. We've seen that in the past. (laughs) Last year, there was a bunch of Mississippi State players that got taken early. The, the NFL obviously thought much higher of them than their tape showed. So I think that maybe Willie Gay Jr. is going to go a little bit higher than we expect. Davion Taylor is closer to a safety than he is a linebacker. He'd be more of a dime linebacker role. Just a purely coverage guy. He's just a little too light to be able to play in the box, especially the way that Spagnuolo wants guys to play. But my goodness, he's got tons of speed. He does have coverage ability. We got to see him at the Senior Bowl. He looked good. So I... I am intrigued by both of those guys, but both of them are very specific fits that are kind of opposites of each other a little bit.
3: Yeah, I really liked Willie Gay Jr. I like this film, I think, a little bit more than Craig did. And I think the big thing that caught my eye was I don't know if he's necessarily I don't want to say he's not a high IQ player right now, but he just he still can see that he's working through progressions and how to read his keys. But once he saw something once on the field, the next time the offense tried to do it, he was all over it. Like he wasn't diagnosing everything instantly on the first snap. But if a team tried to do the same thing, whether an end around a bootleg hit him with a screen, he was on top of it before the offense had a chance to react. So that lets me at least think there's a chance that he can kind of start to figure out the mental side of the game as we keep going. And then there's that athleticism. There's not there's you're not going to find a more explosive linebacker just about anywhere in the NFL. This guy decides to put his head down and really fly forward. He comes forward so fast with so much force at his size. Guys stop in their tracks. You just got to control him a little bit better between the ears.
2: I think uh, with Willie Gay Jr. it was interesting because someone described him at the Combine as a Vontez perfect with athleticism. So take that for how <laughs> take that however you want to take it. Um, but one thing I did want to give Davian Taylor a shout out because talking to these guys at the Combine, he was probably my favorite guy I got to talk to. Not just even because of sports or anything. He just, uh, I think it's cool to give guys a shout out when they got good stuff going on in their life outside of football. And he see, he was a really smart, uh, engaging uh, young guy. And he was talking about how off the field, you know, football doesn't work out for him. Um, He's really passionate about like children. And he's really passionate about uh, wanting to travel and talk to kids about kind of his story and, and, and almost be like a motivational speaker. So he was a really cool guy to, to talk to. And he's a guy that's just, you know, is, is a guy that I'm gonna be rooting for now wherever wherever he ends up just because he was a really engaging, uh cool guy. But you look at him too, the holy cow. Like I he he told me he was gonna run fast when I asked him. He ran a four four nine and his RAS is above nine. Like the dude's got some athletic ability, but uh but he's definitely a guy I wanna root for if uh if he makes it in the league, that'd be great. Uh, RAS, by
1: the way, is relative athletic score. And we'll talk a little more about that later. DD Knowles 77 asks if a linebacker the Chiefs like is not there in round one, could they use a safety like Antoine Winfield or Jeremy Chin in round two as a safety linebacker hybrid?
0: Dd noel seventy seven hello I I I like that idea <laughs> a lot. Uh, Kyle Duggar, throw his name in the mix there too. Uh, I think Antoine Winfield's going to go a little earlier than that. He's just the hype train is going crazy for Antoine Winfield. Uh, Jeremy Chin is a very Big guy with just this crazy athleticism, former safety. They had him work a little bit as a corner, actually, at the senior bowl. Weren't trying to kick him down as will linebacker, but Kyle Duggar, on the other hand, they did kick him down in a will linebacker. I just think that there's a lot of situations that would apply to those guys, but that Doesn't match what Steve Spagnuolo looks for out of his will linebacker roles. He wants bigger guys. He wants guys that can control interior gaps a lot better than those types of guys can. I personally would love to sign all of those kinds of guys and just make them out there running around like crazy. Steve Spagnuolo likes bigger guys, a little more rigid and a little better, you know, stack and shed kind of guys as will linebacker.
3: Yeah, and I mean that is exactly it. Steve Spagnuolo likes bigger linebackers, even on his weak side linebacker, they have to fill interior run gaps frequently. It's something they have to do. You can go back to his Giants days, you can go back to Saints, Rams, anybody. The weak side linebacker is filling interior gaps. If you want to put an Antoine Winfield, or yeah, Jeremy Chin probably is a little bit better than Antoine Winfield, same thing with Kyle Duggar, but you still want to put those guys out there. They're not taking on pulling guards, tight ends coming across the formation very well. He wants to stop the run. He does like to stop the run, he still values doing that. Even if the Chiefs weren't great at it all year, he values doing it. Those safety linebacker hybrids simply don't do that much for him. But I mean if you're gonna open it up to safeties playing linebacker then just open it up to all linebackers, get Dorian O'Daniel out there, get other undersized linebackers, it doesn't even have to be a safety. It's just not what Steve Spagnuolo likes. And I get it. I get that is what he has had success with in the past. Hopefully, he's changing his mind. We saw them try Darren Lee. They traded for him. Hopefully, this is something that he's figured out throughout his
2: studying and during his time off. And que- so a question for both of you guys, then, because I like that question. And I like where his head's at with that. But if you're going to take a safety linebacker hybrid, why not take a linebacker like your Akeem Davis Gaither out of App State? Uh, could he not come in there and do something very similar to that?
0: You know, I actually, here's a little peek behind the curtain for the KC draft guide. Go and buy it because there'll be more of these. But the player comp that I have for Akeem Davis-Gaither is Jonathan Casillas, a former Spags Will linebacker. I think the two of them fit very well and kind of fit in a similar mold, particularly with the way that they play. Because Akeem Davis-Gaither doesn't play like a small dude. He definitely has a lot more bigger linebacker tendencies in his game. So I would 100% be on board with that. We'll see if Spagnuolo does it. Like Maddie said, Ed, they went out and tried to go get Darren Lee, a smaller guy. He used Jonathan Casillas, a smaller guy. Before that, he went out and purposefully got those types of smaller will linebackers, but when push comes to shove, most of the time, he prefers to have bigger guys out there. Casillas was even a rotational guy. He wasn't out there in the base. He was a guy that was a nickel guy. So we'll we'll see from that regard. But I would 100% take ADG. Yeah, I would take ADG over any safety to play weak side linebackers. Throw that out there. Like, it would
3: hands down, I would take him to play weak side linebacker before I would try a safety. And that includes Isaiah Simmons.
1: It, it's just a question of if his spags will do it. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with the rest of our mock draft and more right after this.
2: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: The ring has come. All right, we are continuing our mock draft. The pick is in at number 63. And the way the board fell, we went with Bryce Hall, cornerback out of Virginia, Juan Thornhill's former teammate, hashtag Thornhill Hall 2020. What do you think, Craig?
0: Ball skills, length. Physicality loves to tackle, uh, good in his shuffle technique. Basically, if you are looking for a Spaggs corner, Bryce Hall is him. Uh, you're not going to really trust him to play in man coverage too terribly much. I think maybe Bryce Hall is getting a little too much hype. Recently, A lot of people are taking a look at him kind of for the first time sometimes, and they're kind of blowing him up a little bit. He's not a man cover corner. He does have some athleticism concerns, and he is coming off of a big, major, major injury that could zap his athleticism even more. But he is long enough. Ball skills, physicality, fits in with Steve Spagnuolo very well. You, you snap him up at 63 if he's there, in my opinion.
2: I don't disagree with that. I think he's someone, though, that – We've seen him his range all over the place since the beginning of this draft season until now. You've seen him at the back end of the first round. You've seen him in the second. Um, I think there's some thought out there that wouldn't be surprised if he's there on day three. And I think with him is you really like the fit in Kansas City for him because, like Craig was talking about, he's not a guy you want to come in and play and have and play man. But when you talk about you know keeping things in front of him. Uh, playing zone. He, he's just got such a natural feel for that stuff. So I think he'd be a guy that could come into Kansas City and play right away. I think the question with him though is what's his upside and does it matter at 63? If he can come in and be an average NFL corner for Kansas City, is that something that they would be elated with at 63? Yeah. <laughs> or is that something that they would be a little bit disappointed with at 63? I mean, it's still top 100 draft pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think
1: Bryce Hall could come in and play pretty quickly um, and I, I think there's I one thing I'm really worried about for him specifically though like this whole with, with what's going on in this country with the corona stuff um, I think there is going to be some limitations on how much info gathering teams are going to be able to do on him I would not be surprised if um, if Bryce Hall did fall into day three for some of the questions and the concerns that people are going to have about his medicals and how much information they're going to be able to, to gather. And we'll answer a question like that here in a little bit. All right, pick 96. We are addressing the linebacker position. It's Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. Got to play in the Senior Bowl. Uh, probably improves the coverage of the, at the linebacker position, Craig, like a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a high bar to clear, guys. But Logan Wilson does clear that bar. Actually, Logan Wilson ha- is a good zone coverage corner. You're not going to stick him in man and say go chase this guy around the field. That, that's just not it. But linebacker, you said linebacker. Yeah. yeah, he. Sorry, yeah. He's uh, definitely I'm, not that. <laughs> he's definitely not that. He used to be a safety. Uh, He'd probably start at corner right now for us, actually. Well, I mean, considering the Chiefs only have two real corners on their roster, yes, he definitely could. But Logan Wilson is of that Steve Spagnuolo build. He's a big will. He can handle an interior gap. He's got good zone awareness. He jumps routes really well. I. I am not the biggest fan of Logan Wilson. I think he's a little too rigid. I would like a better athlete at that position, but he's definitely got the football IQ size and basically everything that Steve Spagnuolo wants out of his will linebacker and typically has had out of these linebackers. Logan Wilson is that guy.
1: Yeah, he's not really going to be able to match up in man-to-man with anybody, Uh, and that was kind of evidenced by the Senior Bowl. I didn't think he looked particularly good in any of the coverage drills where he was having to man up with a running back out of the backfield. Um, But I do think that he has a good understanding of zone coverage, good feel, um, pretty good instincts. Uh, good enough athleticism, and I think he actually helped himself out a little bit with the with the NFL combine. I think he did some good stuff there to kind of show a little bit more functional athleticism than uh, than maybe some anticipated, including me. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think this is, you know, this is probably about where you start thinking about him. And the situation with the linebacking position, there's a lot of questions there, too, about, you know, who's going to be there, what kind of value they're going to be able to get. Logan Wilson this late would be pretty good.
2: And
3: for me, I like Logan Wilson, I think, a little bit better both than both Kent and Craig do. I think he's got really good size. He's 6'2", 240 pounds, and still ran a 4.63. Like He's a good linear athlete. I do agree he has a little bit of hip tightness when he's trying to run. But the good news is he's not going to be playing a ton of man coverage. Where he's got to be flipping his hips around everywhere. He's got a pretty quick trigger on stuff underneath. And I don't really mind him scraping over the top of trash and getting to clean stuff up on the other side because he's a pretty solid athlete. My biggest concern is just Bryce Hall, Logan Wilson, back to back. These are two guys that, yeah, have a chance, I think, to come and earn a starting spot in the middle of the year. But I don't know how good I feel about either one of them starting. Like, I don't know if you actually improve a ton over what you already have on the roster with those two guys as rookies. You just don't have a lot of draft capital. You're kind of filling needs here where we're at right now. You get two good players that very much fit the system. It's just how much are you really improving going from Rashad Fenton to Bryce Hall and going from Damian Wilson to Logan Wilson the weak side linebacker spot. I think it's relatively marginal, but when you're picking 63-96, I don't know if there's a whole lot more that you can do about it.
1: All right. Uh, another question. Ty pack 69 asks, what round do you see Tyler Johnson being picked and how would he fit with the chiefs? Big Gophers fan here personally would love to see Patrick throw to him. Well, with the 138th pick in the NFL draft, the Kansas city chiefs select Tyler Johnson, wide receiver out of Minnesota. what you think, Jake?
2: Yeah, I think that'd be a great spot for him right there. Um, I, <sighs> A lot is said about a lot is said about Tyler Johnson. I don't understand a lot of it, and quite frankly, I, I like his game quite a bit. Um, and he, he's a guy that when you look at him, he's just very sudden off the line of scrimmage. Um, he's really, I think he's a really smart football player. When you look at him, he really understands what the defense is trying to do against his offense. And a lot of times, you will see him replace himself with like a blitzing linebacker or someone and just sit down in that zone. And I think he does a good job of that. Um, I think w- I don't. I, there's been so much talk about like his off the field stuff, right? It's really weird because I have heard people say this stuff, but then I've also heard people like vehemently like disagree with it and be like, "No, he's been nothing but a model student, model citizen." Um, so I don't know what to think about Tyler Johnson off the field, but on the field, I really like his game. He reminds me though of Kelvin Harmon, who uh, out of NC State last year, who I think we all liked quite a bit last year, and then he ended up, you know, not going till the sixth round. Uh, Just because he had some athletic limitations, he ran in the 4-6. I think if Tyler Johnson would have worked out from everything we've heard, that's probably where he would have been as well. I think they win in a lot of similar ways. Um, So it's interesting, and, you know, you try to learn from that stuff in the past. And, you know, I had, like, Kelvin Harmon was, like, my wide receiver two last year. He was up there. I don't remember where he was, but I really liked him. Um, And the NFL didn't. And he had an okay rookie year, but I just, you know, it's – It's tough to say. So at that point, how he would fit with the Chiefs, I think he can be a guy that eventually can play on the outside. I think he's a guy uh, that can win within his route stem. I think he's a pretty advanced route runner uh, coming out. But he does not fit, I don't think, the athletic profile that the Chiefs typically love to go after
3: i'm with jake here i don't the off-field stuff it's it's out there from a lot of different sources so i'm not saying it's not true i just have not heard a single example whether rumored or what it may be of what it could possibly be It's like i don't know what i'm supposed to believe I hear that teams don't love him, that he was not invited to the Senior Bowl, despite being one of the most productive senior wide receivers in college football. It doesn't even sound like he was really on their watch list, which, again, I don't understand. So there's clearly something there rubbing people the wrong way. But you turn on his film and there's a guy that can play at the next level, especially when you consider... He played quarterback all the way through high school. He walked into Minnesota and said, hey, I'm going to play wide receiver. I'm not a quarterback. I can't throw. I'm now playing wide receiver. He's still figuring out how to play wide receiver, and he still does some really nice stuff. I think that zone replacement, the understanding of leverage and zone, he gets from playing quarterback before. I like him a lot. I question his ability to get off press coverage because they do put him in the slot off the line of scrimmage a lot. But like comparing him to Kelvin Harmon, I do agree the athletic profile in terms of long speed similar. Kelvin Harmon was just so stiff. And unexplosive, I don't know if Tyler Johnson's going to be that bad, would be that bad testing in agilities or his explosive testing. I kind of like his short area quickness a little bit. So I, I feel more comfortable with him winning at the NFL than I did Kelvin Harmon, who I think just bullied cornerbacks. I still would have taken Kelvin Harmon way higher than he went, by the way. But I like Tyler Johnson. I like his fit in Kansas City, especially if you're keeping Sammy Watkins and you get to use him out of the slot or give him a chance to learn how to get better off the line of scrimmage. Some of his highlight catches are phenomenal.
2: It, yeah, and uh, who who's giving this kid advice is what I want to know because you you you're mad yeah. that you don't go to the East West Shrine Game or you, you're mad that you don't get invited to the Senior Bowl. So it looks like you drop out of the East West Shrine Game, and then someone tells him, "Hey, don't work out at the Combine even though you're healthy." Like that's two. I mean, that's twice that you that you got terrible advice and you took it. I mean, so maybe there is something as far as off the field stuff with who's in his ear I don't I don't know man but that's that's not a good look for anybody honestly it's probably the same person
0: that gave Jakai polite advice last in last year's oh, process i can't be honestly, that bad. Or t higgins
2: or t higgins yeah, yeah. Or Jalen i mean Ferguson. but like I well, Just to no, work one out to no one told him to run an eight oh eight.
1: No one told him to run an eight point oh eight three cone, but that man did it. Look, I with Tyler, it's it's so fascinating with Tyler Johnson and some of the ways he's handled this entire process do make me think that there is something there. He's not helping answer any questions. So why why is that? And that's definitely something that's perked up my ears um, because some things I've heard through the process have not been like there's just not a lot of there's not a lot of love for him out there. It's fascinating. Okay. Pick 177. The final pick uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs as we currently sit. Uh, Keith Ishmael center out of San Diego State. I actually think this is pretty good value for him here. And. Um, I thought he had a really solid senior bowl, uh, process, honestly. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I really liked what he did. I thought he was pretty consistent through, uh, the entire week. I thought, you know, he held his own. He moved well. Um, I don't think he's the strongest guy. I don't think he's the best athlete, but I think he's pretty smart. Uh, I actually got a quote from him that will be in the KC draft guide. His He's the same agent as uh, as Lee Steinberg. Uh, so uh, that's something to keep an eye on. You never know with those, some of those connections. Maybe they're trying to keep Mahomes and his agent happy, and maybe they'll wind up getting Keith Ishmael, because I actually think he'd be a good fit, and he'd be really good value down here at 177.
3: And I think he's pretty much an offensive center only pretty set in stone for his own scheme, but these are things that the chiefs need. I like what I saw from him. I think he definitely flew under the radar at the senior bowl where he got to go up against better competition. He's got good movement skills. He's capable of anchoring when he gets everything right. Like He's not a perfectly polished player. That's why we're getting him in the middle of day three. He's not super athletic, but he's very explosive. He tests out as one of the most explosive interior linemen at the combine. I think that shows up on film. So he's a guy that I like you mid day three. You don't need some interior offensive line help, especially if you're looking for a center, which like I said, I think that's where he's going to be stuck out in the NFL. By all means, give me some Keith Ishmael. If we haven't improved position somewhere else.
1: All right, let's uh, let's answer some questions here before we get out of here. Jetty Rat RB asks if Tampa were to trade their first for Chris Jones, who would the Chiefs take at pick fourteen? Craig,
0: Patrick Queen, and I'm done. Like I'm happy with that draft. <laughs> you draft Patrick Queen, you got me the Will linebacker that's going to just absolutely change the front. Let's go. That's a good pick. Matt. That's a very very good pick. Um, CD Lamb wide
3: receiver
2: Oklahoma. <laughs> Woah. Sorry, that just that just got a weird reaction fever? out of me. That whether just made me that just made feel me feel something. Give me wide receiver <laughs> one, CD Lamb. Holy cow. Uh I mean, if he's there, I mean, Can that I would just be interject? I want to interject real quick. Like I'm not a Chiefs fan and I would just that'd be so much fun. That'd be so much fun yeah. to have CD Lamb on that team cuz that's exactly well, the only thing they don't have is they have the slot speedster guys. Give me a guy on the outside that is an alpha that Pat can put the ball in his general vicinity, which he will, and he's just going to catch it, and he's going to he's gonna prosper. And <laughs> you're going to take the ball after the catch and dominate. Uh
1: One of the things a lot of people are talking about, like, Javon Kinlaw is a direct replacement. I don't think they're going to direct... If they get one of those picks like that, they're not going to directly replace, most likely, with a defensive lineman, is my guess. I think they'll... I don't think that that's the move that's going to ultimately happen. Those... I I think Craig was right, but also, uh, just get corner out of the way, too. Like, if... You know, I wouldn't... I wouldn't oppose, like, if Christian Fulton... I wouldn't be opposed with grabbing Christian Fulton there and just making sure you're getting your corner and then reassessing at 32. Uh, okay, Doyle asks, what players can we trade for more, more picks? Well, Chris Jones potentially. Uh, keep an eye. Maybe they can get something for Sammy Watkins. Maybe they can get something for Laurent DuVernay, Tardif. I think those are the three though. And Rebar Check asks, who will be most affected by the cancellation of all on-campus pro days? Who benefits the most? Okay, so the people that are most affected are the Bryce Halls of the world. The players that have medical issues that haven't really got to participate much in the process to this point, that haven't got to test athletically, haven't got to do any of those things. Uh, So those people with, with a lot more questions that didn't get a pro day, didn't get an invite to the combine, haven't been able to participate in any of these, you know, to anything to this point that have medical questions. Those people are all going to be drafted effectively. Who it helps the most are the people that got to go to the Senior Bowl. And the people that made to the to effect just to, to some extent, the people that definitely, you know, that got to go to the combine that definitely helps too. But I do wonder if some of the people, some of the players that participated at the senior bowl are ultimately going to wind up getting, uh, you know, drafted a little bit higher because they are a little bit no, more known because they've had a more in-depth process to this point.
3: I think I mean, this is mostly about private workouts, but I just wanted to interject, especially as it pertains to physicals here. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah talking about it. The NFL is working on a way for local pro teams that are near a, you know, a set amount of college campuses to do physicals, work together, and share everything because you can't use another like facilities-approved medical thing. So this, I think the NFL is trying to figure out something both for free agency, but he was specifically talking about the draft and physicals I can't imagine that pro days or private workouts couldn't be done the same way if you can get a team. The teams are already required to submit, the local team is required to submit the workout information to the rest of the NFL. So I do think if colleges will open up or if people start having private workouts, you can get workout numbers and physicals out to other teams. It's just still in the works right now. You'd have to, All the teams would have to work together.
0: The clear answer here is my guys, Luke Barku and Kiahava from San Diego State <laughs> that didn't get combine invites and now don't get to test. So NFL teams have zero clue what their athletic profile is. They're just going to fall completely out of the draft and the Chiefs can get him anyway.
2: Oh, One of them. Uh, you know who was not is not benefited by the cancellations is T. Higgins. Like, my goodness, that guy is probably wishing <laughs> that his would have been canceled. That would have been much better for him.
1: Yeah, he got it in at the buzzer, and it wasn't much better. Uh, David Mata asks, outside of quarterback... Like putting
2: up a buzzer shot and...
1: Yeah, it didn't work. Uh, outs- D- David made a seven outside of quarterback and kicker, what position would be the most disappointing to you uh, if, the- if the Chiefs spent their top draft capital on? It's running back. It's always going to be running back. That would irritate me to all get out. Look at what is happening to the running back market right now. Todd Gurley has been cut... They're incurring like a $15 million dead cap hit on him. Just don't
2: draft running backs so you don't have to pay them later either. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to go opposite from, from you because I'm not going to say running back because that's why you don't pay a running back is because you draft one. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. This team is so loaded that it's there's not like a – I don't know. Like – I I want to say like it has I mean, I guess it still does it has to be running back because anywhere else you can at least say That's not a luxury pick like even at receiver. They they could use a guy like we just like I just had like a weird reaction to Craig saying CD lamb like it got me real excited and that would be a lot of fun But running back I guess just wouldn't have that effect because it's such a luxury pick and this is a deep class and if you want to get a stud you can go get one later, and heck, you pretty much have a Super Bowl MVP running back on the team right now anyway, so whatever. Stop. Roll, roll um, with it.
3: I think running back's the right answer, but I got another one. It kind of ties back to what we said. Like when, If you were to trade Chris Jones, I think immediately replacing Chris Jones with another defensive tackle would be silly to me. Like, I don't think there needs to be any high top draft capital spent on defensive tackle because that's just not that important to Steve Spagnuolo's defensive scheme. If you're moving on from Chris Jones, it's because they felt like an elite defensive tackle was not necessary for the team to be as good as they think it can be. Why would you immediately spend high draft capital on that? Or if you keep Chris Jones, what is the what is the reason to spend high draft capital to pay, play another defensive tackle next to him? Steve Spagnuolo likes moving his defensive ends inside, get a little bit more creative with stunts twists, using quicker, faster guys, which is still going to be a defensive end over even a Ross Blacklock or a Neville Gallimore, a defensive tackle. So, like, there's no reason to draft a defensive tackle early. You want to draft one in the middle rounds to be a run plugger with Derek Nottie, like Derek Nottie, like Mike Pinnell. Sure. High draft capital though on defensive tackle with or without Chris Jones just doesn't make sense to me.
1: All right, that is going to do it for the AP Draft Show. We'll be back next week. Be sure to check out the AP Laboratory later on Monday. Catch you later. The ring has come.